Hello and welcome to the Talk Football Podcast. It is me, your host, Hodgie, and I'm back for episode four of the uh, of the pod. And today I'm going to be talking about the Saudi Pro League. Um, so obviously it's been in the news quite a lot recently about the Saudi Pro League. So I'm just going to give my thoughts and feelings on it and we're going to have a bit of a rundown and a look at uh, transfers, the sort of money that's being pushed around uh, and a bit of league history. Um, so we'll start off with league history on the Saudi Pro League. Um, been going a lot longer than people probably think. Um, so it was formed in 1976. And uh, yeah, it's a typical three up, three down format. Um, so there is a second tier. I'm, I wasn't even aware that there was a second tier. I haven't really looked on it too much. But um, yeah, so three up, three down on that second tier format. Um, Al Hilal, most successful club, 18 league titles. Um, Al Etihad with nine, uh, probably the most supported club. Um, plays at the King Farhad Stadium, regularly get crowds of around about sort of like forty thousand, um, and it does have a, a capacity of sixty thousand. And you'd imagine as the uh, popularity and the more stars that uh, come into that league, uh, you know the crowds will probably start getting bigger. Um, yeah, so another club to look at, Al Nazir. Um, they've also got nine titles. Al Shabab six. Al Ali have got three. Uh, Al Etifak. I hope I'm saying all these right. I've got two. And Al Fatih have won. So that's all the, um, you know, the history of who's won uh, the league across those. Um, they do have their own domestic cups and stuff like that as well. Um, and of course. It doesn't appear that the Saudi league uh, is going to be going anywhere anytime soon. And you expect uh, more players to probably go there next year. So after we've talked about the transfers, um, you know, the amount of players that have gone in and out, you know, the sorts of levels of money that's being spent in this league. um, We'll talk about the potential effect, in my opinions, on what, uh, you know, what possible effect that the Saudi league could have on the top European leagues going forward. So if we're going to look at uh, the league total so far, so far even, you're looking at around about, uh, as it stands at the point of recording, um, 194 arrivals. Um, and that is also um, interleague transfers of players as well, including that, not just players that have come in from you know major European leagues and other leagues around the world. Um, a total outlay so far, which is just staggering, uh, of just over 636 million euros, or uh, it's crazy amounts of money. Um, departures 172 players have moved out of their clubs, so yet again, that's been some inter inter club or inter league rather transfers, and then obviously players that have moved uh, to other leagues around the world. So the league is uh, a current loss without any kind of like TV revenues and all that being applied purely just on transfers. That's a £620 million loss. But of course, there'll be commercial aspects to that. Um, You know, there will be incomings like, you know, sponsorship deals, TV rights, uh, image rights and stuff like that. And of course, you know, the clubs are going to make money on shirt sales and etc. all around the world. Uh, So we're going to have a little bit of a breakdown um, and look at the top clubs and what they've spent 
Uh, it's worth bearing in mind that the PIF, the Public Investment Fund, which are the owners of the Newcastle, it's the Sovereign, sovereign Wealth Fund, um, they have bought a 75% stake in four clubs. Uh, those four clubs being, if I write this down right, I'll get all the names right, I'll try, um, Al Ali, Al Etihad, Al Halal, and Al Nazir. So they've bought a 75% control in, in state, uh, stake within those clubs. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure how that works, where you have one owner owning, you know, four of the top clubs in the league. I mean, I'm not quite sure how fair that works with, uh, you know, in competition stakes, you know, where, where one team can go out and spend, you know, 90 million euros on, on an AMR. Uh, and then another one of their teams only gets like a 30 million, 30 million or whatever to spend on someone else, <laughs> you know, like a, or a Fabinho for 46 million or a Brozovic for 18 million, uh, you know, a, a Mane for 30 million, uh, you know, a Malcolm for 60 million, quite how Malcolm goes for 60 million, I don't know. But we're going to, I'm going to go through some of those uh, top teams now and we'll break down the, the major transfers in and out of the, uh, the top Saudi clubs and top spending clubs. So I'm going to start off at, uh, <laughs> which is just a staggering amount of money, with Al Hilal. Um, so their expenditure at the moment, as it stands at recording, 289 million euros. So that's, uh, and, and the major sign-ins. So there are other sign-ins, some frees in and out, but the major sign-ins being Neymar, 90 million, Malcolm, 60 million, Nevers, 55 million, uh, Milinkovic Savage, 40 million. Kuldu uh, Kulabali from my club Chelsea, 23 million. And uh, Bono from Sevilla, 21 million. So, I mean, that's a mad amount of money for one. I say that because Chelsea have gone and done it. But in the context of the size uh, as it stands of the Saudi League, I think that's an astonishing amount of money. Uh, <laughs> and then next up on, on the, this, this mad spending spree, was as it stands because of course there's you know the transfer window in Saudi is open for quite some time yet so you've got Al uh, Ali so they've uh, they've spent out on Mares from City 35 million Ibanez 30 million Saint Maximum from Newcastle 27 million Edouard Mendy yet again from Chelsea 18 and a half million Frank Keze now I, I, that was one that completely slipped um, under my radar I didn't I didn't see that one go through um, 12 and a half million for Frank Keze and and then of course uh, Bobby Firmino on a free uh, from Liverpool so you know that's yeah, again that's a sizable investment so their outlay as it stands at the moment is like 120 just over 123 million euro uh, I'm quoting euros because I've taken all the transfer fact from the transfer market website so if anything's wrong blame them <laughs> uh, right next up you have uh, Al Nazir um and of course, they already had Ronaldo from the previous year. So, uh, and on top of that, they've added uh, Sadio Mane from Munich, 30 million. Fafana, 25 million. Brozovic, as I mentioned, 18 million. And then Teles from United for like four, four and a half million. Um, so, their outlay, yet again, another 77, just over 77 million. Uh, still, you know, phenomenal amount of money. Uh, then we move to clubs that uh, on a slightly smaller scale um, in Al Shabab. They bought in Diallo and Quella, uh, 18 million, and uh, 
was it three point? I think it was three and a half million on Quella. Um, but that was yet again, that was from another um, Saudi club. So it's like one of the interleague uh, transfers that had happened. So yeah, I mean, you know, 20 odd million, but yet again, you probably expect them to start to spending more. Um, and then you have uh, El Etifak, with which of course, uh, Stevie G has moved there as their manager. Um, so at the moment, they haven't done too much business, mainly uh, some interleague free transfers. Um, but uh, most notable signing, obviously, was Jordan Henderson, um, some 14 million uh, euro, and Hendry, uh, about 5 million euro. So that's the big movers and shakers. Um, I would expect Etifact to probably, with uh, Steve Stevie G in charge, to bring in a few more players. And you would expect some of the other um, clubs to bring in more players as well. But obviously the PIF um, seem to have a, an endless amount of money to be able to spend. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's just—it's just insane. That's a crazy amount of money. That's uh, you know six hundred odd million to go into into the league. So, you know, my thoughts on that being, you know, what is the impact potentially for the Europe, the you know the, the major European leagues? What impact do uh, this does this Saudi uh, league? Because it's not going to stop. You know, you'd expect them to come and raid all the top, uh, you know, leagues again next year so looking maybe one or two years down the line and i actually had a text from from paul uh, and he said that danny uh, danny kelly um featured on a, a spurs pod and i hope he doesn't mind me using this but featured on a spurs pod uh, saying that it wouldn't be surprised if uh, saudi clubs were uh, playing within european competitions from next season I, person my personal view is i don't see that happening but never say never in football but looking long term um, and particularly like commercially so you know the TV rights money for the likes of the Premier League La Liga and all that particularly the Premier League obviously because you know it's a vast amount of money that goes into the Premier League TV deal which you know gets highlighted every year because how of how much the the playoff game from the championship is worth and you know they say sort of 120 to 140 150 million that those games are worth just being in the Premier League for the TV wise. So those TV rights are based on the fact that the viewership wants to watch the best league in the world, in my opinion, um, and with with the vast amount of quality that goes into that. So if you start stripping, and this goes for all European leagues really, and all major leagues around the world, if you start stripping, you know, your viewable assets out of those leagues, then surely as a commercial product, your value isn't what it's going to be or isn't what it was um so could we get to a stage where the tv companies then start saying well well you know hang on a minute we haven't got the the neymars the ronaldo's you know the future stars going forward um we haven't got those players in the league so you know people are tuning in to watch the saudi league because this is where you know all the star players are so we're not going to pay the money that we were paying last year and, and where do you go for, where do you come from um, as one of the league organisations as a potential argument against that? Because if you haven't got the best players, then your viewers are going to go to where the best players are playing. Now, give it maybe not, you know, within the next one or two years, I would think that within, say, four to five years, if the Saudis are still interested and still doing what they're doing, 
then there could be a certainly a, a problem commercially for you know the leagues around Europe to sell their products on because people are going to go and watch where they're going to go and watch and where they're going to go and watch is where all the big players are playing. But I think that there could be a potential knock-on effect for that. And in terms of, say, for a positive for young players, uh, particularly at Premier League clubs, because I think obviously less, um, you know, import players that are coming into those clubs, there could be more potential for academy players to be given a chance because the chances of younger academy players, you know, within one or two years being sort of like picked up and and taken over to or given opportunities maybe to go to places like the Saudi League or whatever or MLS if more money keeps getting pumped into that as well um, you can't forget them obviously as a, as a player on the scene although they tend to be signing obviously players more towards the end the star players anyway more towards the end of careers but I think that there could be a knock on effect that younger players maybe could within the next maybe you know three four years start getting a more of an opportunity at um, at their clubs due to the fact that there's far more, uh, you know, expensive high-profile players potentially going into the Saudi League. So that's my my take on the Saudi League at the moment. Um, and obviously, we'll, we'll keep revisiting this because we don't know exactly how many more players are going to end up there. So we'll kind of follow this up in, in like, with a part two. Uh, and we'll be looking at, um, you know, any other current transfers that have gone through. Now, I do believe, and I'd have to double-check it, but think that their transfer window uh, remains open for a, about three or four weeks after most of the, uh, the the major European leagues close their windows so there could be a you could get to a stage where obviously they're going to still be active clubs that will receive bids for players that they're just you know maybe those potential bids would be you know too lucrative to turn down um, but of course then you're in a situation where you're not going to be able to replace a player that you're selling so that could potentially open up a spot early doors for maybe uh, a player at an academy who's you know, eight, 17, 18, 19 years of age that wouldn't probably have got a look in might have got the odd cup game here and there and maybe just maybe that those uh, those players will end up getting a chance because half of your team's been sold to Saudi, so that's my that's my take on it. Um, I would love to see across any of the posts, particularly social media, where where the video for this will be shared. Obviously, um, people's thoughts and comments, uh, and who maybe they think the next big, you know, players that could end up over over there in the Saudi league. So that's me. That's me, Hodgie. I know it's uh, only a little short episode, so. But I thought I would cover this. I think it's quite on topic at the moment, particularly um, with, the, with the sheer amount of, of players that are going there. Um, and I still think there'll maybe be one or two more significant high-profile players. Not I'm not talking like name or high-profile, but I still think that there will be certain... Uh, a few more. Let's just say a few more um, high-profile players that will end up going Saudi League. So that's me, riding solo, Hodgie, talking about the Saudi League. Um, and the potential impact going forward of what, what could happen. Um, don't forget to get in contact with the podcast. We've got some nice, exciting podcasts coming up. Um, I've got, hopefully, we've got Paul lined up coming back on. We're going to catch up with Andy Reid. Um, again, because United got turned over by Spurs today, so we've got a happy Spurs fan in Paul, and probably a not-so-happy uh, Manchester United fan. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have Adam James coming up talking about Derby. 
Um, so we're looking at maybe potentially doing that uh, first week of September to get him on. Obviously, Derby haven't had the greatest start at the moment. Um, quite a few fans are already calling for the manager to go. So we're going to catch up with uh, with Derby in League One and um, you know potentially what their season could look like because at the moment it's not looking particularly great. But it's early doors, a long way to go. You know, a forty six game season. So yeah, again, like I say, um, don't forget hit the link that will be in uh, all of the podcasts and bios, whether it's on the the TikTok, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on you know. Spotify, the Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, um, and if you're a fan of any club, particularly clubs outside the Premier League, we are live on TikTok now. Um, so I have had a comment on there saying where where will Ipswich finish? I don't know. It's early doors. I don't really think you can judge anything after. Maybe we'll look at say after eight or nine games. But if you're uh, a fan of any of those clubs and you want to come on and talk about your club, you're more than welcome to. I do it normally over Zoom and uh, we have a conversation about your club for 30, 40 minutes. You get off your chest everything you want to say. Um, it's as really, it's as simple as that. It's just two people having a chat about football. There's nothing to fear. Um, you're not being broadcast to millions. We're not that big yet, hopefully. Fingers crossed, you never know, one day. Um, but it's all about you guys as fans, uh, one of the pod and fans of football. And you can come on and, and have your have your say. The only things I do ask is that if you are under the age of 18, you'll have to have, obviously, your parents' consent. Um, but I can arrange that and have a consent form um, signed by them virtually uh, with a confirmation. Um, and we can get you on if you want to talk. Now, you can even come on with your parents. Um, and you can both talk about your clubs or whatever. So, yeah, do that. Don't forget... You can do the old-fashioned way. You can even email the show on talkfootballpdc at gmail.com. I'd love particularly to hear from uh, people that run grassroots football clubs, uh, particularly local football clubs um, that run like little leagues and stuff like that. I'd love to get you on and talk about um, your club. And if you want to, although we don't have a massive like, you know, listenership here, but we are growing nice and steadily. And if you want to come on and promote your club, um, particularly to, you know, try and get other locals in your area to come in. More than happy to have you. So get in contact with me on the show. Drop messages on TikTok here, um, and you can also, like I said, email. And as long as you hit that link, you'll get to the link tree and you'll find everything you need there. So thank you for me, Hodgie, your host on the Talk Football Podcast, and we'll be joining you again for another new episode of this season four. Which uh, we'll have to a flyer, we'll have to a cracker. See you very, very soon.